All right, the page one news is probably that Oregon lost to Arizona State and kind of dealt a near-fatal blow to their college football playoff chances. But for me, the gold of the week was the, you know, under-the-radar rivalries. Uh, not really a rivalry between Oregon State and Washington State, but game of the year almost with bowl uh, considerations on the line. Stanford Cal, also a classic. Great week of Pac-12 action if you're not a Husky fan. Unfortunately, we are. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So we'll start it off last week. Let's go easy one to start. Utah and Arizona. The Utes, you know, just trying to do what they can, avoid that second conference loss so USC doesn't overtake them for the South, you know. Uh, and they had Arizona, and I'll tell you what, they took care of Arizona uh, who are really bottomed out here now. Four and seven, they were at the four and one start and make it six in a row for them? Yeah, it's not great for Arizona. Yeah. Utah, Utah is just putting a beat down on everybody, which they need to do in order to bolster their, you know, playoff hopes. So I don't think anybody's getting any uh, mercy from Utah here from here on out. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. In Arizona, they haven't been within a score of anybody in any of these games. They've been uh, losing by like 10 points and way worse. Uh, so, a bummer for them. And they've, they're have they rotating uh, Khalil Tate and then the other quarterback. Who's Danielle. Named... Yeah. I mean. That's name. It's Gunnell. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, 8 of 16, the superior effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just, just not great. That's brutal, man. That's brutal. Uh, UCLA USC. That that's the game that actually kicked off the Pac-12 action uh, last week uh, on ABC, nationally televised game, and a game that really looks great on TV. You know, with the red and the blue going up against one another. USC. Keaton Slovis, man. He might. You know, you make fun of his dumb name, which is very dumb. Uh, but 515 yards through the air, four touchdowns. Had Chip Kelly after the game, after the USC 52-35 win essentially just blaming the upperclassmen, blaming the players on the field. Like we're doing all we can with the defense. These guys just suck. Good for chip, man. You know, like he's not there to pull punches, you know? Yeah. Like you want, they're talking about paying players in California. So, you know what, if you're chip Kelly, like just go with that, you know? Yeah. 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 We're going to have the best. We're going to pay the most money. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to start paying these guys and I'm going to start telling you what I really think about them. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it, dude. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I saw a real Galaxy Brain post UCLA take where they were saying, "Oh, we lost on purpose," so they'd think about keeping Clay Helton. <laughs> but smart dude. Yeah, he's he's like quietly on the on the on the come again. You know, like they're they're gonna get themselves in a nice little bowl. I think they're they're Alamo Bowl hunting, right? They're they're right there for the Alamo Bowl. Um, Are they? Yeah. Is that it for their regular season? Yep. I think they've got a um, – yeah, I think – and I think they've got an outside shot at at winning the South if Utah were to lose because they've got the tiebreaker with them. Yeah. Um, unlikely, but um, – unlikely that Utah is going to lose to Colorado. But uh, in the off chance that it happened, uh, USC would play for the, for the uh, Pac-12 championship. Yeah, you love it, man. 
You love it. Uh, next up, let's go the big game. California and Stanford. Stanford have won nine of these in a row. It had been some time since California had won this game. And Stanford was in great position late. Cal got the ball with under two minutes to go and had to score uh, with just over a minute to go. Chase Garber's nice little scramble after a big completion. Uh, Cal gets the win. They get the, was it an axe they play for? Yep. Yep. Cal gets the axe for the first time in a long time. Big win for Cal seniors. Uh, Real, uh, you know, Nice finisher there for old Stanford who get to likely head for an eighth loss against Notre Dame this week for some reason. But yeah, I mean, brutal how the mighty have fallen for Stanford, you know? Yeah. I was going to say first time they're not going to be bowl eligible in a long time. Yeah. And then, uh, so what I have to say about that, cause I'm a jerk is, uh, uh, wear it Connor Weddington and, uh, Foster Sorrell and any, all these other Washington guys who went down there. Uh, that's what you get, dude, is a Stanford degree and great life prospects. Yeah. And you, when you wear it, you're going to wear it with shorts and flip-flops because it's beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> how about game of the year in Pullman, huh? We got your Cougs and your Beavs fighting for bowl eligibility, both of them with, re- well, I'm going to back up. Going into the week, it was thought that both teams had rivalry games that they were likely to lose. And so this game had increased importance, the best shot for each of these teams to get the sixth win to get bowl eligible and absolute barn burner, right? Uh, Cougs have a lead in the fourth quarter, but the Beavs storm back on them. The Beavs have 29 points in the fourth quarter of this game and Washington state gets it down there under 10 seconds to go. If I'm not mistaken, right? That's play the game. No timeouts fourth and two or something like that or whatever, you know, maybe not fourth down, but last play of the game. Cause they've got like two seconds left and they're on the two yard line and old Mike Leach, old Mr. Air Raid. He says, Borgie. And it was the right call. There I saw people on Twitter saying before the game, just hand this ball off. I think we were saying in the group chat, give it to Borgie. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And it's the they, obvious thing to do. They gave it to Borgie and he delivered the goods, dude, the Cougs up and down year, but they can be proud. They've got their six win. They're bowling again over there in Pullman, you know, even, even when it's bad for them under Mike Leach, it's not so bad. Yeah. If you remember last week, Jonathan Smith uh, went for it on fourth down against Arizona and was the recipient of a very questionable penalty call. Yep. Helped him solve the game away to get the first down Um, Arizona, Arizona state. Arizona state. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, And this, this week, man, he went for it on fourth down just over midfield you know, like 45-yard line-ish. It was, you know, it was within the realm of reasonability, fourth and three or something like that, I think. But, I mean, it definitely was like there was a minute left to go in the game. You punt the ball down inside the 10. You you give WSU a long field. Um, and he chose not to do that. He chose to go for it, didn't get it. And the Cougs on the last play of the game snatch one out of the fire. Yeah. I mean, uh, money win for them. Happy for them. Love the Washington schools. Uh, and bummer for Oregon State to come so close to bowl eligibility. They still have their one more shot, but, uh, you know, they probably would have preferred the other outcome uh, for their opponent this week. Uh, so let's do that game. Oregon and Arizona State. This game was like, uh, you know, to me, kind of like uh, – uh, you know, like a, a well-matched boxing match, right? You know, where like for three quarters, everybody's kind of not over committing, kind of feeling each other out in the, in the end. And then in the last round, everybody's like, 
oh shit, we got to win the fight, you know? And then the points just exploded, right? Uh, It ends up being a fantastically entertaining last seven minutes and 30 seconds of this game, just points flying every which way. Arizona State takes it 31 to 28, ends Oregon's bid to become the first team in the divisional era of the Pac-12 to make it through the conference season undefeated. Uh, probably knocks Oregon out of the college football playoff unless everybody starts losing and there are really not that many opportunities for that to happen. So, yeah, a uh, really good win for Arizona State. Gets Herm to bowl eligibility. Definitely, in my mind, the play of the year in the conference with Arizona State. Oregon comes storming back. Yep. Makes it, makes it a one-score game. Arizona State gets the ball back late. Two minutes left to go. Runs a couple of plays, doesn't really do much, loses yardage on a second down play to get to third and 16. Yep. And Arizona State, man, they go over the top, down the sidelines. The receiver runs a route that us Washington fans have not seen a receiver run in some time to beat a uh, defensive back. And, man, Jaden Daniels or whatever that kid's name is. Yeah, um, that's right. Just dropped a dime in there right over the top. Hits him right in stride, 80 yards plus to the house, like on third and 16. You almost you almost know in that situation, you know, like Arizona State's punting, Oregon gets the ball back, they score, they win, you know. But he completes that pass, Arizona State goes back up 10, you know, ball game basically. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you what, Jaden Daniels, earlier in the season, they were talking about Arizona State as a team with a freshman quarterback that was going to grind it out. Look at this kid's numbers. He's completing – you know, 62% of his passes, which is not, not quite where you want to be, but certainly impressive for a freshman. How about 17 touchdowns against two interceptions? Pretty good. Pretty darn good. And I'll tell you what, those those deep balls he's throwing aren't cheapies. They're really pretty to look at, and they're hitting guys in stride. And they've got that, that wide receiver, Ayuk, who yeah. is a stud. Yeah. Just, I've seen him I've seen him break loose a couple of times this year, and just you're not going to catch him. I mean, he's just a hell of a player. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's amazing. I mean, uh, Jaden Daniels is uh, quietly establishing himself as a problem for the rest of the conference for the next at least two years. You know, this guy is coming back. They're going to be saying we're strong at quarterback going forward. This guy, to me, is one of the breakout players of the year and certainly one to watch going forward. I agree. Yeah. Uh, incredibly impressive uh, for the Ducks. What was weird about that game is how they were so inept on offense. And then the second, like what was what it shows how good of a team they are kind of in a weird way that all of a sudden when they like had no choice, but to score touchdowns, brother, they started scoring touchdowns <laughs> and like yeah. real quick. Yeah. Once they, once it got into crunch time, they, they hurry up. I don't, for the life of me, man, we can talk about this later when we talk about more inept offenses. Um, but I <laughs> Do not understand why offensive coordinators don't go up tempo more when they're struggling on offense. Like up tempo, a good quarterback with a quality offensive line and good skill position players, um, you know, is very difficult to stop. I believe Chip Kelly has made fifty million dollars on that premise. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and so I just, I mean, when when Oregon went up tempo, they it clicked for them and they basically became unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and that uh, even when, you know, uh, kind of fits and starts always with Sarkeesian uh, when he was the coach at Washington, but occasionally that offense would look great and it was because they were going fast. 
you know? Yep. Uh, they were just getting to the line and running plays and running plays and running plays. And then it's like, it just neutralizes a defensive line. It's hard to just keep running like that. It's easier to block those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, so, uh, impressive from Oregon, but not, not quite enough and good for Arizona state doing the Lord's work, uh, knocking Oregon down a peg. That's right. All right. We'll take that. Uh, speaking of getting knocked down another peg, the Washington Huskies went to Boulder, the retirement game for Ralphie five, you know, the getting all the well wishes from all the mascots around the land, and, uh, the buffs weren't going to let that Buffalo go out, uh, loser buffs senior day. 20 to 14 winners. For me, the game was just like a matchup between two, like, honestly, pretty evenly matched teams, that, uh, which is disappointing for your Washington fans. We were supposed to be much better than Colorado. Uh, but the difference in the game for me is LaVisca, Chenault, Mossed, McDuffie on that one touchdown, and then they win by six. Yeah, that was pretty sick. I don't understand. I mean, he, I don't even think he seriously meant to do that. I think he was sort of playing defense. Yeah. I don't know how McDuffie overran that or how that happened. Yeah. Um, it's, I still doesn't like compute to me from like in the laws of physics when I rewatch it. Um, but really it doesn't matter because like what a shitty effort from UW, man. Like, yeah, I mean the, the offense looked like absolute shit. Uh, uh, again, like, again. is absolute shit. I think at this point, like just is you are what you look like every week in and week out. So yeah, like, you know, we're very much uh, a six and five team, you know, like at some, like at some point earlier in this year, you could say like, well, maybe unlucky to lose to Cal because of the fluke, uh, you know, in, in there with a shot against Oregon, but maybe they're a smidge better than us this year. But I mean, you lose all these, I mean, they've, four of their five losses have been by less than a touchdown, right? You know, the only one where they got beat by more than a touchdown is next to that God awful Stanford team. But that was the game that really should have told us because that Stanford team you know, is going to be lucky to finish with five wins and they handled Washington. Uh, and it just piss poor season for the offense, the defense, uh, which is kind of uh, in past years made its bones by being ahead and requiring the other team to go on very long drives and kind of be a bend, but don't break kind of umbrella nickel. Uh, is it, you know, it's just that they're really not allowing too many points but it's yeah. it's not it's a bit it's a poor match with the offense for how much for how much use they have playing on that defense they gave up 20 points colorado's defense gives up 30 plus points to everybody they play yep you figure if you're if you're jimmy lake with your youth and you give up 20 points in that game you figure we won we win by 15 points yeah and you're totally gonna take that you'd be like awesome we won 35 to 20 then great yeah you know? so i mean uh i'm just incredibly disappointed and i wanted to uh, well, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just leave it at that for that game. I mean, it's just, it just, it just fucking sucks to watch. Uh, but you know, you are what you are. And if I can take a positive away as a Washington fan, I really come to accept that we're really mediocre to bad, you know, this year. Yeah. yeah we're not very good. So it took me, you know, 11 games, but I got there, you know, yeah. and now if anything good happens, it'll be a pleasant surprise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how'd we do on picks last week? We did um, okay. All of us went three and three. You remain two games ahead of me at forty-six and thirty-eight. I'm forty-four and forty. Worm is at thirty-nine and forty-five. He has some catching up to do. I don't think he has enough games left. We're to that he point of the not. season. He, he does not. You're right. Yeah. So he's just <laughs> trying to make things respectable. So let's 
get into next week's action. We'll skip over the Friday game. We'll talk about that last because it's the Apple Cup. Saturday, how about a Civil War? Oregon State going to Autzen Stadium. Oregon deflated maybe after a tough loss in the desert. It's tough for everybody. Uh, Beavs look kind of plucky this year. Oregon, though, is going to be, you know, chapped asses, really upset and ready to put the hurt down. Oregon are 19-point favorites in this game. Tricky little line, I'd say. Because I think, you know, the rivalry factor. Beefs can score. Beefs can score. Yeah. Only team all year that the Beefs couldn't score on was Washington for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the reason that happened, there was much made after the game, is that Washington, the only game this year where our lines dominated, and Oregon has comparable lines to Washington. So now, now that I'm thinking that through, I'm going to take the Ducks uh, to cover that up. I'm with you. Worm took them as well. So it's all three of us. So that means a 50 50 shot. Yeah. Based on our record this year. And all of us would be very happy to see us, all of us, be wrong. Yep, for sure. Uh, next up, we got Notre Dame traveling to Stanford. Uh, the line on this game, the Irish are 16.5 point favorites. They're looking for their 10th win on the year. Stanford is looking to get through this unscathed. Uh, I don't know, man. I guess let's. I'm gonna take a peek at Notre Dame's schedule. What have they done? You know, they played Georgia real tough. They did. They got obliterated by Michigan. <laughs> yep. And then other than that, they really played nobody. <laughs> Standard Notre Dame, man. Yeah, I mean they beat USC by three points, which is a decent win. USC is like kind of almost okay, almost good, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you say Notre Dame just because Stanford's got to be like, just, a, you know, play the kids, get out of here. Yeah, I agree with you. This week sucks. Yeah, this does suck. Here's one for you. Utah, 28-and-a-half-point favorites. Utah need the game. They need the game to get into the Pac-12 title game. Uh, they're playing Colorado. Colorado with five wins. Colorado, if they could find a win in this game, they're bowl eligible. Uh, it's at Rice-Eccles. Uh, coronation time, I think, for Utah. Give them everything. This is a huge number. The number is too big, but I think it's Utah's year. I agree with you, man. I would take Utah minus 50 in this game because I think not only they got to win, but they got to just crush Colorado. In Colorado, I think, like, you, you talk a lot about, you know, like being satisfied with something, and I don't think it even occurred to them for one second they were going to be eligible this year. Yep. And so Washington last week I don't think is going to suddenly – jolt them into some realization, I think they're totally satisfied. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I don't think they beat us since like 96 or something like that, you know, and cer- <laughs> certainly not since they joined the conference. Uh, so yeah, they could, whatever, they could lose 100 to zero, heads held high. They had a good season. Yep. All right. Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona State are 14 points favorites in this game. Jaden McDaniel's coming around. Here's a tale of two quarterbacks, you know, Khalil Tate, uh, you know, off of two years ago now when he just looked like the greatest thing to ever happen. Lamar Jackson level of unstoppable, right? Yeah. And then injured last year, not so great. This year, apparently possibly not healed. Possibly going to be selling insurance next year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a guy, if Khalil Tate has another year of eligibility, I'd be interested to see him in the transfer portal, you know? Yeah. What could yeah. happen here? You know, just let's let's go somewhere fresh and see what happens considering Arizona seems to have a quarterback they'd prefer to play. Uh, it's a rivalry game, but, I mean, I like – man, I hate to pick all favorites. Something crazy is going to happen, but I can't go – more so than the other games, i got to say Arizona State. The only thing I would I would 
I'm going to take Arizona State, but I think Arizona State hasn't proven itself to really be a runaway winner this year. Have they won a single game this year by 14 points against a, like a real opponent? Uh, I guess we'll have to find out, right? You know, they lost to – not really. No. doesn't seem like their MO to be beating teams by 14 points. Yeah, and that that's including, uh, including a squeaker win against Colorado. Touchdown win against Cal, four-point win against WSU. Yeah, and to those teams, you'd say Arizona maybe on their best day. Yeah, so there you go. I'm sticking with Arizona State. Are you going with Wildcats? Yeah, no, I'm going to take Arizona State just because I'm so pleased with them for beating Oregon that I just I want to reward them for doing good stuff. Yeah, you know? I want to watch Jaden Daniels play more football. I like him. Yeah. Uh, how about Cal going to UCLA? Uh, Cal clinched bowl eligibility, big win against Stanford. UCLA, not bowl eligible, but they, they showed some signs this year. You know, you'd say UCLA kind of did what they needed to do in terms of establishing that there might be a future here for Chip Kelly. They've they've looked fleetingly like a potentially one-day competent football operation, which I think is what you could reasonably ask for from them. UCLA, one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game against Cal with Garber's back. I don't like it. I'm taking Cal. I'll say Cal let down. Give me the Bruins. Yeah. I need a uh, – because I think they should be the dogs. So I'm instead deciding to give points. Because I feel like I, want, I should pick something that I know is wrong, you know? Yeah, because that's typically how it works in this conference anyway. So I applaud that. Yeah, all right. And let's go to Friday, which has somehow become the traditional day for the Apple Cup, Black Friday. Uh, Washington and Washington State. Uh, we're going to be live on Fox at 1 p.m. Uh, the dogs are touchdown favorites in this game. Uh, so, which with an over-under of 63 and a half points. I saw that over-under. That bo- that boggles my mind, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Washington in recent years has really shown the ability to shut down Washington State's offense. And Washington can't score for yeah, shit. Yeah. I would have thought the over-under would have been 40. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see how if you're saying you're laying points with Washington right now uh, against a team that can score, and Washington State, whatever they do, they can score. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it's been so long since they won one of these games. I've uh, one of these Apple Cups. I mean, they're certainly in with a shot. We're all going to pick Washington, but uh, this is great opportunity for the Cougs to get an Apple Cup here. Yeah, it's prime for them. They got Borgie. Washington hasn't been able to stop the run all year. Jimmy Lake talked a lot of shit last year. He did every year. He talks well. He talked a lot of shit last year. Well, he's been kind of ramping it up. He's been doing a version of that talk after every Apple Cup game, where this time of the week he's talking about how much he respects him and Mike Leach is an offensive genius. And then for the last couple of years, it's been like they run the same stuff every week. I can't wait to play them every year. They're terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really I didn't... I know how to stop this. He really, he really didn't leave a lot to the imagination last year. So, yeah, and I mean, with the Borgie, it's I, I'm with you, man. And I kind of almost, I kind of almost want him to get one. You know, like let's have a real rivalry. Yeah. You know? And plus, it'll it'll cap for me. I don't know. I guess 2008 is probably the worst possible scenario for a Husky Stadium year. But my Husky Stadium experience will wrap up this year, having been to the Cal game where I got to see about six plays before I left. Uh, the Oregon game, which was devastating. The Utah game, which was devastating. So I'm looking forward to a good old fashioned like let's lose again on the last play, you know, just like uh, really 
twist the knife. You know, like really, like if you're going to do it, do it right in terms of just a horrible experience for a year in a stadium. Yeah, this what a what a thing it would be. The the one point I wanted to make this week is that <laughs> I, I want to clarify something I've been saying on the podcast, which is I've been intimating that Washington would be in a stronger position if we recruited more out and out criminals to play on the team. I want to clarify that stance. Okay, here's yeah. here's what I want. That that's not exactly what I want. You know, when I'm like saying like Oregon, you know, at some point earlier in the year had a guy get a personal foul penalty for trying to like injure somebody 30 yards away from the play, you know? And I kind yeah. of voiced approval of that, which I would, you know, on sober reflection, I don't love it. But what I do think Oregon has that Washington doesn't right now are players that not only, you know, are, you know, diligent in their preparation, you know, but they don't only want to execute the game plan, they, uh, my impression of them is that they are uh, uh, delight in humiliating their opponents to the extent it's possible. And I'm not sure Washington has one player like that on their team. You know, we got a bunch of worker bees who want to, uh, you know, you know, who are, you know, obviously like elite college football athletes who I can only assume are doing everything that's asked to them in training, you know, and stuff like that. But I want somebody who wants to hurt the feelings of the other team because I think it's important to make the other team worry about that in addition to just getting beat on a given play. Like, I could not only get beat here, I could get injured uh, because they're going to be ferocious in how they finish. If I take a misstep, they're not going to, like, let me just have it. Uh, and also, I could just be made to look a fool on the field yeah. and that they want to do that to me. And the only player I've seen... I've said Washington didn't have any of those guys. The only moment I've seen this year that approached that, I forget what game it was, but Puka Nakua hadn't been playing, right? I think it might have been against Arizona. And he caught a long pass in the second half, like over somebody. Yep. And just like screamed to the heavens, you know? Yeah. What I mean? Like, that's the only time like that. I mean, there's a reason the art for this show is Jake Browning pointing at the Oregon defender as he's going into the end zone, right? Say what you will about Jake Browning. Uh, who was a terrible interview uh, and his motivation skills uh, at least outwardly facing seemed to be lacking. Uh, He had disdain for his opponents and seemed to delight in beating the shit out of them. And he did. Yeah. And he did. He won almost 40 games if he didn't win 40 games in college. So uh, I, you know, I was, and what got me to thinking about that is like, uh, uh, one, because I realized that my pro-criminal stance was untenable. Uh, but two, I was thinking about that Troy Dye interview where he did the dubs down after beating Washington, you know? Yeah. That, that's great. Like, you need shit like that, you know? Because if, if, one, it fires up your teammates, which is the most important thing, makes everybody play harder, embarrasses your opponent, makes them feel like shit, you know? Which is can go one of two ways. They come back harder or they just fold, which is what has happened to Washington this year, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, I, I, I just wish we had guys out there that wanted to, uh, make the other team just really diminish them. And the reason I bring it up this week is because for whatever reason, under Chris Peterson, Washington plays like that against Washington state. They don't play like that against anybody else, but they go out there looking like, like, how dare you think you belong on this field with us? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I mean, they have just 
come out like a house of fire against this Cougar team in a way they don't come out against other teams, in a way that's almost an indictment of the levels they bring to their other games, certainly their other, you know, nominally big games. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Like, they, they, I was really thinking about that. They come out against Washington State, they do not respect them, they want to make them look stupid, and they beat the shit out of them over and over. And so uh, I, uh, that's the thing that I, I want to see that 10 times a year, 12 times a year. I want to see it every time out. You know, I want that to be the culture. But I, one of the things, I was just thinking about it for this game. I don't know why they always do that against Washington State. When I think they have to know that the fan base values a win against Oregon more. Yeah, it's it's mind-boggling, dude. Yeah. So anyway, so that was like real rambling, but I was uh, and I presented it poorly, but I was giving that a lot of thought. I like where you got with it, though. Yeah, you got a good point there. Yeah, it took it took a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching the embers of my fire slowly fade away, <laughs> but it was good. I was enjoyed. I'm having a nice time sitting here next to my fire podcasting, and it's just it's just kind of dwindling. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, really- dude. It's the holiday season. Yeah, it's super peaceful. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what are you looking for here? What what do we want to see against Washington State from a Washington standpoint? I I want to see I want to walk out of the stadium believing that Chris Peterson cares about winning a national championship because I'm similar to what you've said about sort of the attitude of the team I I've you know I've taken a lot of Chris Peterson content in over the years and he's all about the process right Yep the process is super important Yep but I think what I'm concerned about now is that he's lost in the process and he's forgotten that there are games to be played as part of the process Yep the games are actually the most important part yep. of the process. I'm worried now that he's more concerned about constructing a society of college football playing, you know, alumni, you know, young men that are built in the exact mold that he wants. And he's stuck spending 24 hours a day trying to create that exact mold and forgetting that he's paid millions of dollars to win football games. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I like of of and this sucks to say, but it's just the absolute truth. It's that like I'm fine with uh obviously I prefer the team to have a, uh an exemplary graduation rate, uh players who are becoming fulfilled both in their academic life and as well as their sporting lives. But I'll tell you what if I have to choose, I would like them to win football games. Yeah, I don't care if you cheat, just win. Like I like I don't care. Yeah. Because here's the thing about here's the thing about that. Like if I go to the Rose Bowl and we win, and fifteen years later it comes out that we cheated to win that Rose Bowl, well guess what? You can't take the experience away from me. Yeah. That experience is gonna be a whole hell of a lot better than if we played it straight and lost the Rose Bowl. Because I did that last year. I went to the Rose Bowl. And I think we played it straight. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out we cheated and still lost. Um, which at least I would respect more. Um yeah. but, but, you know, we, we played it straight or whatever and we lost. Like, I would – I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, this is a – college football is a joke, right? Like, Phil Knight has dumped hundreds of millions of dollars into this sport and effectively semi-professionalized and ruined an entire amateur – you know, I mean, really all athletic departments in a, as a whole, like, are all now engaged in this completely untenable arms race and money race that basically nobody can win – and the end game is going to be like there's going to be like five athletic departments, right? At yeah. the end of the day, we're going to have Texas, Florida, Alabama, Ohio State, and like USC, and that's going to be it. Yeah, uh, because they're the only ones that can actually afford to dump hundreds of millions of dollars in perpetuity into this. So 
you know, given that that's the platform upon which we're starting off, you know, like, I don't care about the rules. Like, I just want to, I just want to like go and like have fun with my friends and win. Like, that's all I really care about. Yeah. And yeah. And just the same thing uh, we always talk about is just like, go, uh, you know, I don't know what we need to do to change our culture from one that in, uh, in most games kind of goes out and, uh, you know, the first part of it is to assess whether or not we're going to be able to win the game and flip that switch to a team that comes onto the field, knowing they're going to win, uh, and imposes their will on people. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I just want them to win. dude. that's all I care about. That's just, it's, it's, it's shallow, but that's why I like, that's why I watch college football. If they don't fire Bush Hamden this off season, though, I got to say, uh, I, that's going to be a major problem for me. Yeah. I'm worried about that. And I'm, I'm kind of worried he won't do it. Yeah, I'm worried he's going to say that there was progress. Which actually, though, maybe for, if anything, the Colorado game will will take away his leverage for that, right? Yeah, we you got to hope. And you got to know that we got enough uh, jerk alumni that Jen Cohen's getting an earful right now. I've I've like legitimately contemplated writing an email, but I've just been too busy to do it. I, like, tw- I, I tweeted at her. <laughs> I had time. I would have like sat down and written an email and been like, just not working, Jen. Here, let me explain to you something that you hear every single day from hundreds of people. Yeah. From hundreds of jerk off middle-aged guys. Allow me to be that too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. All right. That does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.